scared to close my eyes. I'm scared to open them. Who is that? You gotta be fucking kidding. It's the Scare Squad Podcast. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Scare Squad Podcast. Um, I am your host, Matt. And I'm Charlie. And basically, um, today's episode, very simply, we're going to be going over the first Nightmare on Elm Street film from... It's 1984, isn't it, Charlie? Yeah, 84, that's right. 84 perfect cool so um charlie and myself over the last 24 hours we made sure that we watched this film and basically we're just going to have a kind of uh, conversation about a few things that we felt uh, from the film itself um so just to start charlie as an overall thing what did you think of the film itself the film overall um i really really enjoyed it to be honest um i'm slightly sort of I guess 50 50 um uh how do you say skeptical spectacle however you say it on uh, skeptical that's right on uh on slightly older horror films um just because I'm used to watching the newer ones and that's what I'm because uh, I was brought up with the newer ones um but I really enjoyed it I mean the story was really really cool um I didn't actually realize that I mean hopefully this isn't too much of a spoiler for the uh, for some of the listeners but i didn't actually realize that freddy is in theory a ghost i always yes. thought that he was just you know a real guy just go around murdering people right yeah but um as the story went on i realized that he's actually dead and making his killings through uh through people's sleep um but yeah i mean uh is a really really fun watch. Um, the effects um, at the uh, for at the time, uh, the 80s, you know, they were still kind of um, not the not not amazing, but the best that they had at the time. Um, but some of the the, the uh, some of the effects they had were really really cool. How in one part he's like um, uh, Freddie is like coming into the real world, so to speak, kind of like pressing himself through the ceiling of of uh, someone's bedroom so you could see like like some of the outline of his face and the features and his hands and stuff so it's like he's pressing through kind of like rubber or something um and yeah other things like that it's just really really fun watch how about you yeah 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 no i i can totally agree with you i think it's it's a fantastic film um with sort of its time frame of when that came out in 1984 there'd already been quite a few of the, I mean, the slasher resurgence had happened at that point. And I think Wes Craven with this film definitely came in and was just like, I just want to have fun with this. It, it's that classic sort of, it follows the classic horror tropes of horny teenagers being um, murdered by some sort of other force that um, older people don't really believe is happening. Um, and they're the ones that kind of come back and absolutely kick ass yeah. obviously not a lot of uh, the characters make it to the end of the film <laughs> but it's still uh, it's still it's a great watch there's some amazing moments in there um, it definitely did very very well for the horror thing I mean we spoke about this in the last long episode about how much of an icon Freddy Krueger really is um, so it was it's a good watch I mean that's probably maybe the 
fourth or fifth time I've seen that film and just oh, wow. every time, as you said, it is just a fun film. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I'm a big, big fan of Freddy Krueger. He's always been one of the cooler ones. Um, so yeah, it's just a good watch. Um, but moving on, I'm going to ask you um, who your favourite character from the whole thing was. Mm. And I should mention it can't be Freddy Krueger. It cannot be Freddy Krueger. No. Well, maybe not for the character's sake, but maybe, I don't know, 25, 30 minutes into the film, I thought, this guy looks a little bit like Johnny Depp. And so, <laughs> and so uh, we then Googled it, and it turns out, yeah, he's like yeah. one of the young, horny teenagers, as you uh, uh, mentioned. Um, he, yeah. he, he actually, I think that was like possibly his first ever appearance in a film, I think. It was his per first um, film role. Um, I th he'd been in 21 Jump Street beforehand, the TV show, because 21 Jump Street was originally a TV show right. back in the day, and that was sort of his first role on TV. And then, yeah, uh, Johnny Depp's first on-screen debut in the cinemas was um, in this film. Yeah, I think I'd, I would probably go with him then, because um, I, I generally am... A I, I love all the different uh, Johnny Depp films and just to see um, him in this younger much much earlier role um, also for the character that he gave off you know he was kind of young spunky sort of character and fun um, yeah I, I, I think I would go with uh, Johnny Depp's character as he played Glenn how about you? yeah yeah I think his, his character of Glenn is definitely the I always feel bad for him. He's possibly the most innocent one of all of them. Oh, yeah. Because obviously you have um, the other guy who, as soon as he came on screen, I was like, well, his first line is about waking up with an erection. And it's just like, okay, so it's this asshole. It's this guy. Um, and yeah, I, personally, I'm always going to be a fan of Nancy. She's just so on it, like... In a lot of those films back in the day, even the like the main female and all that, she didn't know what to do or anything like that. But Nancy is straight in on the caffeine and like she's the smart character. Oh my gosh! Yeah. That that I think yeah. horror films didn't really have too much of that. It was kind of just by happenstance the the final woman was able to beat the character. But it's like she goes hard in this film like Glenn is like my two best mates have just died I don't really mind I'm gonna eat you know junk food when they meet on the bridge and he's like oh what are you reading and she's reading a whole book on how to um you know keep yourself safe yeah yeah like uh, survival tips and stuff yeah and then then she builds all those traps at the end and it's just like for cinema back then there hadn't really been that many characters that, that were that well built on fighting back so uh, when she did that it's just like yeah she is sick there was um, but yeah traps that i saw when she started to put it together and i thought shit like she's setting up a sledgehammer held up like oh my god yeah 
She's like holding up or like clicking into, like locking into place a big massive sledgehammer that would yeah. evidently like hit him in the stomach. It's like, that's crazy. It was like Home Alone before Home Alone had actually come out, wasn't it? And yeah. as you mentioned about caffeine, how, like, how, how much caffeine she actually drinks in it. Um, there was one point, I think, something caught fire or something happened to, uh, to the coffee machine that was downstairs or in her room or something. Um, and mm. then she gets out of bed at some point in the film, goes under her bed, under the sheets, and, put, and brings out another one onto the side of her like bedside table. I think this girl cannot get enough caffeine. It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> well, she she knows what she's got to do. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, like I drink one or two cups every day, but this is like, this is obscene. Yeah, she's just trying to survive. She's trying to make sure she's going to make it to the end. Um, but yeah. What, what did you think of the ending, actually? Um, obviously, I know we haven't mentioned it, and you said about oh, not, not mentioning too many spoilers. We can go whole hog on spoilers in this one. That is what this is rounded up to be. And if you haven't seen A Nightmare on Elm Street by now, you really should have. Yeah. Um, the ending. But yeah, what did you think of the end? Hmm. Um, hmm. it's a funny one isn't it the you how, how early on did you realize that that was kind of just a dream sequence at the end there it was it was kind of strange how um how all the different scenes and perspectives kind of came into place how they all came in together um i it was it was a little confusing in a way but um, um, I don't really know, to be honest. It was like Freddy took the mum and then like took her down to the underworld or hell or whatever kind of through some kind of portal that he went through. Um, then he came back for Nancy. She walked through the door. Evidently, it seemed like he had as she had defeated him um yeah and then and then honestly i thought it it was like they they went into heaven at first because everything was so bright and so right yeah as uh, as opposed to the scene just before when they're in the mother's bedroom and it's all very dark like a, a big climatic um dark scene she goes through mm -hmm. the door and it's all very bright and, and and I thought like is this heaven? Have they all died or something? Like Yeah. And then And then Freddy comes back for the mum again, like through the door. Like honestly it was a little confusing. Um it's a weird one, isn't it? Yeah. But but it I, I think did, um I think it definitely did uh leave on a on a cliffhanger for the sequel. Yeah. As much yeah. as I can say for that, probably. Yeah, I mean, it It definitely seems like, because I can imagine it was meant to be like, oh, was it all a dream kind of thing. But as you said, like, it's all very white. It's all very, it's way too evident that it's a dream sequence. So I don't know how people, maybe they thought it was meant to be indicative of like, everything's fine again. There's no issues, whatever. Um, and then obviously, 
Um, I mean, there's a great moment. I don't know if you noticed. So the roof of the car comes up yeah. and they all get scared and all that. Fun fact about that, the actors didn't know that it was going to come up that quick. So their surprise when that comes back up is genuine surprise, okay. which I always like stuff like that. But did you notice the pattern on the roof of the car? Yeah, it was uh, Freddy's jumper. How sick is that? Yeah. Like it was such a smart little design for them to have done. Yeah. So, you know, I, I enjoy it. I think it it was a very good... Well, it, it's funny because nowadays most films that end with something like that is a pure setup to the sequel. Whereas that kind of wasn't. That was kind of making you go, oh, everything's fine again. Oh, wait, no, everyone's now dead. It's a bit of a funny one, wasn't it? For the time, especially. Um, still, absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, but we'll move on from that. What was your favourite kill in this film? Obviously, we see quite a lot of people die in this one. Do you have one that really springs to mind? Um, as much as I can remember, um, each kill was very similar to the other. Do you think? None in particular really um, comes to mind more than any other. If you were okay. to one, then I might Fair. be able to agree, but I mean, because you know it, I, I mean, you know the film a little bit better than I do, so yeah. Well, mine will, mine will always be Glenn's death. Because it is just so mad, where he gets, yes, how where he gets ripped into the into the uh, the bed, and then suddenly just blood just flies out. Yeah, onto the ceiling. It's insane. I mean, I don't think humans contain that much blood, but uh, <laughs> it was quite the uh, the spectacle. I remember the first time I saw it being like, oh my god, what the fuck. I think I'll probably have to... It's just the reactions after it as well. Yeah, I think I'll probably have to agree with you on that one. Because all the other ones that I can think of, it's just like... He he kind of used his blades or hung people. And that was pretty much it. But then that one was sort of yeah. significant to, to the rest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Tina's death was pretty cool. Um, because obviously the effects of her being dragged up the wall and then on the ceiling and all that. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. She was was, was pretty cool. Yes, she was. Yeah, yeah. First to go. Bless her. Yeah. But, um, yeah I think I'll probably go with um, with Glenn's one as well. It was kind of yeah. unique and... Um, yeah. <laughs> Wet. Moist. <laughs> yeah. It, it's just the reaction of everyone after that just shows how horrible it is. It's where, like... The, the ambulance crew turn up with a gurney and he's like you're not going to need that you're going to need a mop and I was like that amazing writing I was like yes that's on point yeah. um, I thought that was absolute genius um, and yeah when, when the dad comes into the place and just sees that someone's got a bucket on the floor because it's all coming through the ceiling it's like it shows just how grim and gruesome that was yeah, that was actually quite funny yeah, but I thought that was awesome yeah but yeah, um, moving on from that, um, what was your opinion on the adults that are in this film? Because obviously it's a very, um, it's 
mainly focused on the kids. Um, so yeah, what did you think of the way that adults all respond to the kids? Um, the adults in practically any horror film that you watch that are focused on the kids, it's kind of they're finding it very like well extremely hard to believe what the kids are saying whether it's true or not um but when when the story started to move on slightly more towards the end and nancy's mum um then told her that um evidently so of many years back she and her as, as she said, her parent friends um, went to the big boiler boiler room or power plant, whatever place it was, and just basically blew the whole place up. Just loaded gasoline, threw a match, and blew it all up, evidently killing uh, Fred Krueger in the event of that. Um, that was actually quite cool. <laughs> that was really, really cool. How it's like the parents actually have an input on on the main character as well. Yeah, yeah, I can agree with that for sure. Um, the uh, all of the other parents, I mean, apart from her personally, is uh, just just annoying and uh, didn't really have anything to do with. Um, I mean. But I mean, like, well, I'll quickly just step in. Oh no, you can go. Um, so, with my opinion, I they annoyed me to high hell in this film. Mm-hmm. It's obviously trying to go with a lot of because Stephen King's ones are constantly like this, where it is the children that are off doing something and the parents are kind of never part of it. Yeah, exactly. But in this one, um, specifically Glenn's parents annoyed me because after the bit where the mum puts all the bars on her house to keep Nancy safe they have this whole conversation where they're stood outside and they're like that little girl's a complete nutcase we need to keep our son away from her and it's like two of your son's best mates just died man Yeah. like what are you on about which is obviously the whole point is that these parents are meant to be completely oblivious to everything that's going on but they just seem like awful and then she calls them their house and she's like oh I need to talk to Glenn make sure he's awake and they're like piss off yeah. you're just a young girl and it's like people are dying yeah and then how uh, how Glenn's dad then uh, talks to well just says something to Nancy very bluntly and then leaves the phone uh, off of the I mean, off the hook so that she can't call again yeah um I mean, I just didn't really like the adults, but then that's how they normally are in in most horror films. Uh, not really having any input, yeah, not really yeah. um, uh, kind of adapting to the story that much. They don't believe the kids, and that's practically it. But I did like mm-hmm. how, how Nancy's mum had her own her own um, situation input in into the story. Yeah, most definitely. Um, with the next question, we're going to go on to the main man himself. 
Because um, obviously, last week when we were talking about Freddy Krueger, you said you didn't know too much about him. Yeah. What do you think of him now? Well, um, as I mentioned uh, at the beginning earlier, um, I I had absolutely no idea that he kind of wasn't a real person. Um, he was sort of a demon from the underworld or hell or wherever he came from um, and basically comes back to life whether it's in dreams or in real life um, to wreak havoc on the kids and the town and stuff um, I think that's that kind of um, that sort of aspect of the character is really really cool um, it's it's kind of different to all the other sort of um, horror films that I've seen before. It's not kind. It, it's not too normal. That I mean, I don't really know how to put it into words. To be honest, um, it's not very normal that that a character like that would come into a film. I mean, I haven't seen his kind of character like that before. How he is really just a ghost, but he's also yeah. at the same time. Um, yeah, that's fair. Um, I loved his outfit, definitely. I mean, of course, cool. he's iconic to pretty much anyone that that, uh, that knows him. Um, yeah. I mean, like the the kind of brown cowboy hat with the uh, red and green sweater is just really cool and a nice leather uh, glove as well yeah i mean the glove is what everyone truly remembers isn't it because it's just one of those bizarre you know michael myers has his knife mm. jason Voorhees has a machete Leatherface has a chainsaw this dude's got a hand-built knife glove yeah it's pretty sick isn't it yeah. uh, i think that gave him one of those extra sort of creepy factors of it wasn't just he picked up the nearest object that was near to him. It was this guy was a sick dude who fully produced his own... Made it himself. Fit ...murder weapon. Yeah. Um, and I mean, what what did you think of his, like, his characteristics? You know, him his very cheeky manner and he wasn't a serious uh, villain, was he? No, I'm... Yeah, he sort of... Um... He came across as kind of playful to be honest. I mean, he would sort of not even run. He would kind of like sort of gallop in a kind of... Yeah. Like kind of nearly side to side gallop kind of way um, if he's running after his victims. Um, and how he would always be laughing or always tell kind of... Uh, say things in a playful or, or childish manner. It's not as serious. Yeah. It's, it's fun. It's playful. Yeah, because he, he's meant to be this terrifying character in there. And, you know, I mean, for the most part, I, I think anyone that... Um, someone who could enter your dreams and kill you through there is is actually quite frightening, you know. And I, I think that's a big thing of what this film hits on, too, is it's not the fact of, oh, you can run away from this thing. It's if you stop and you go, I'm tired, I need some sleep that's when the killer can enact his stuff on you yeah. which is a very a very good twist um but I, I love some of the little the playful bits you know when she picks up the unplugged phone 
And he's like, I'm your boyfriend now. Yeah. And then suddenly the phone's got a little tongue that licks her. It's just like one of those mad things. Yeah, that was... yeah ew. I didn't like that bit. <laughs> also, the the bath scene, I think, I, I haven't actually looked into how they made that bit. Um, I assume it's just a, a larger tank with someone with the thing on it. Um, but you know where Nancy's sat in the bath yeah. and the hand just comes up? I, I just, it's, that's very iconic, to be honest. There's lots of posters that feature that little shot of the film. And it's just one of those things of, he could attack you from anywhere once you just doze off just that smallest bit. Um, very clever. That I just think that's one of the most clever things of having this like bath. You feel safe in the bath and then suddenly she just ends up being dragged under. Yeah. It's like, wow. Epic. I mean, if those knives were to have rusted uh, because, of, <laughs> uh, because of all the uh, exposure to water, It'll be an even more gruesome, uh, gory kind of death if you had, like, actual rusted knives cutting through you. But, unfortunately. That's true. Yeah. Um, Next question. um, You're going to be able to answer this very quickly. Will you watch the other films? I already watched the second one today. (laughs) Yeah, man. What did you think of that one? Um... Uh, well, the second one I thought it was a little too similar to the first one, to be honest. Um, had a slightly different story as, um, as as each film should. Obviously, different characters. Um, how they use the same uh, the same address, the same street. Um, slightly different deaths. Um, um, I've. I don't know if I liked it more the same or less, to be honest. Um, possibly, maybe just a little. I say I liked it just as much as as the first one. Uh, the dis- yeah, that's fair. Uh, the the uh, disadvantage being that it was too similar to the first one, uh, but the advantages being that there were uh, different, more unique um, killings or deaths. Um, yeah. And how. And how, how it's like continuing the story, bringing back aspects and uh, situations from the first one and still bringing it to life in the second one. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right with the second one. They started to get a bit, a bit more inventive with how they were killing people and stuff like that. Um, personally, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of the second one. Um, I've already told you um, earlier on that you've got to get excited for the third one because personally that is my favourite one of the series I reckon Um, because that's when they really start to hit the mark with Freddy Krueger and how sort of vulgar slash um, really inventive with the kills he is anyway so it's definitely uh, one that you should be looking forward to yeah well uh, from from yesterday with the first one um, today being the second one I think again tomorrow and and so forward, I'll be watching one or two every day. So tomorrow, yeah. the third one. I'll see what I think then. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're doing them every day, I think you've got about six days worth of films left. So that's uh, not bad by any means. All right. Well, this will be a fun one. I mean, uh, well, I think it's, it's... He's been in quite a few films. I can't remember if it's eight, including Freddy vs. Jason, which I should suggest, if you're going to watch Freddy vs. Jason, you've then got to have already done 
all of the Friday the 13th ones ish just so you know what you're going into so you can have that solid knowledge of both characters all right so I think I'll try to get um, up to a certain point with the nightmare on Elm streets and then yeah or maybe just like one every day or one of each alternate or whatever yeah start with uh, with Jason films I mean we've with lockdown you got a hell of a lot of time to to get as many films watched as possible anyway yeah <laughs> yeah no, mate, that's absolutely smashing um i think that that kind of brings us to the end we've we've done a decent episode here yeah. um so yeah um thank you for joining me again charlie um we're gonna look into a way that we can at some point get derek onto the pod as well um because yeah i think we need a bit more knowledge as well see what he's been watching and stuff like that um but yeah happy to end it there charlie cool yeah sounds good to me cool fantastic well thank you to everyone that has listened don't forget to get yourselves over to our instagram at the scare squad pod where you can see all of our updates artwork and stuff like that um, we've got some amazing artwork coming through don't we charlie oh man i love the artwork coming through it's absolutely incredible seeing a new different piece of art uh, every day on a new character or a new film is just super cool yeah shout out to at Querency. she's been doing an amazing job with that stuff um so yeah we'll leave it there hopefully we'll see you next week for now take it easy see you later